Movies and Booze. I'm Moncrief on News Talk. Yes, it is indeed time for Movies and Booze. We are joined once again by Linda Coogan, Fanula Jones, and Esther McCarthy. Good afternoon to you all. Hi, guys. Hi, Sean. And as as luck would have it, Linda, we are doing uh, we are doing Italian wines today. These ones don't have any uh, warnings on them as yet. Just the usual ones, you yeah. know. Don't uh, <laughs> drink in moderation. I think is the key thing. You know, um, no. Uh, and what part? Uh, what parts of Italy are we visiting? We today? are visiting uh, Abruzzo. Um, so that is kind of eastern of the long boot that we know of Italy. It is on the eastern side along uh, Abruzzo region, which is kind of. I've cut it split into four Provences, so it's it's gorgeous as whites and reds and all sorts. But we're going to try um, a white uh, a pecorino, mm-hmm. also known as a cheese. But we're yeah, not having cheese today. We're yeah. having wine. <laughs> and, and why do they share a name? Uh, they just do. Why not? Okay. Well, <laughs> that wasn't a very illuminating explanation. I'll be honest with you. Do they come from the same neck of the woods? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they're all protected, the DOP and all the kind of yeah. rules and regulations, protected species. You right. Know? Okay. Okay. All right. That all sounds delicious, uh, <laughs> and and we'll be testing them in a minute. Uh, now, Esther, isn't there like a, a film about Pamela Anderson every three weeks? <laughs> no, I think this one came about because of um, Pam and Tommy, Sean, which was. Disney's um, series last year, which mm. Pamela Anderson never subscribed to and didn't sign up and did an interview, I think, was it for Variety in the States around that time, um, you know, expressing the fact that she was very upset at her sexuality being monetized um, yet again, as she saw it. And shortly after it was announced, I think there's no coincidence to the timing of it, that it was announced that she was going to tell her own story as she saw it. So this is kind of the definitive one. Even if you feel like there's been loads already, this is kind of her story told through her own eyes. And I think she's trying to reclaim the narrative. Um, and you know what? I felt like the same when I was watching the Sinead O'Connor doc, which focused on um, early in her career. Like there is no way you would get away with the kind of rubbish that Pamela Anderson had to put up at the height of her fame. You know, yeah. it's really illuminating to look back at the 90s and see like very high profile uh, TV presenters laughing and mocking her to her face about that sex tape. You know, yeah. just stuff that wouldn't happen anymore, I think. Um, and also the impact of that on her career and her life. It's it's really actually quite good, this. Mm. OK, that's it. I, yeah. I, have, I have seen some uh, and some positive reviews of it and uh, Shotgun Wedding. Good. Yeah. Well, it's um, Poor old Jennifer Lopez. What's the deal there? Can she not choose uh, scripts properly? I don't know. I'm on board with J-Lo. And yeah. I mean, she's a very, very powerful um, producer as well as star, you know, like she's actually listed as a producer on this title. So um, and she always shows up. That's kind of what I like about her, I think, even if the movie doesn't. And uh, Marry Me, of course, there we had it last year. It was kind of a Notting Hill for the oh, kind of Instagram yeah. generation. Some people quite liked it. It did well. Um, so I was hoping for kind of bland escapism, but it doesn't really work here at all. It's um, She is um, heading off to get married in an, an exotic island. And I kind of liked the premise. It's a rom-com with loads of people getting shot. Uh, so I okay. kind of thought, oh, maybe yeah. they're mixing genre a bit here. So they get the whole wedding party gets taken hostage, but it's just... Very, very thin. We'll talk about why um, a little bit later on, I guess. But yeah, you'd like to see her doing better stuff than this, wouldn't you? Because I think she's actually really yeah. talented. Yeah. 
I can't, I can't remember the really well. I'm, you know, the one in the boot of the car with out, George Clooney. Out of but sight. Out of sight was brilliant. But uh, yeah, Stephen Soderbergh. Yeah, well, it's a great, great film. Yeah, uh, I can't remember the last really good one she did. Uh, Made in Manhattan. Made in Manhattan was all right. Yeah, it was yeah. grand. Okay, I, I think Linda's, Linda's tongue was coming out of her cheek that way. It was so stuck in there so firmly. So yeah. <laughs> God. So yeah, I don't know. I just, I, I, it's a, you know, actors always take it as a backhanded insult if you praise their best work because it hadn't been two decades ago. You can understand why. Yeah. Um, but I really wish she had. I don't know. I wish she had gone down the path of even working with directors like Soderbergh. Um, I thought she was fantastic in Out of Sight. I have to say, one of my favorite films of the last twenty or so years. Yeah. And that film. scene, man, in it's like the sexiest scene. In the yeah. car with Clooney. I know yeah. weird sexy, but sexy nonetheless. <laughs> no, but that's actually the sign of a classic movie. All you have to say is, you know, in the boot of the car, like boom. Oh, you know, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, no one has even tried to replicate that. Uh, someone says, God, how Disney has changed. It used to be just Mickey Mouse. Now it's just Mickey this and Mickey that. That's absolutely true. Uh, also, we, I th- these were sent in for you, Linda. Oh, this this oh, company really? called Kono Pizza, K-O-N-O. And it's like a it's it's like an ice cream cone made out of pizza. It's like a bouquet, but it's pizza. <laughs> that's that's interesting. <laughs> it's like a cornetto with like pizza stuff, and yeah. it's amazing. I've taken a picture. My name yeah. wasn't on the box, and I grabbed one. <laughs> yeah. So. Well, you took a big bite out of it. Oh, well, you get you get to my festivals and stuff. They're really delicious. Oh, do you? Yeah. yeah. All right. Okay. I'm taking I'm a break now for the benefit of the listeners, but I am going to Absolutely. continue to eat on the break. And so. from the massive chunk of it that you tore out what's in it apart uh, from pizza cheese some kind of tomato sauce and like obviously the crust is like the cone I'm okay. a big crust person so I'm like why can't there be more crust so yeah, this is I'm a fan. this is the solution to all my problems is there something inside there will there be a surprise oh, of some sort I haven't gotten oh, it? imagine instead of like you know at the end of Cornetto there's like the chocolate but it was just like a load of ham or something I'd oh, love that'd that would be good wouldn't it oh, oh mm-hmm. and it'll all come Pouring out and stick into the keyboard in front yeah. of you. And, and Sorry to whoever's yeah. working here. <laughs> Kieran will be stuck to the chair when he comes in afterwards. Uh, right, so th- this yoke was, you know, this thing that Madonna was doing, she was getting all these people to, to audition to be her. Mm. Has she decided, well, no one is me, really? I don't know if it's that. Uh, I think it's more money, money talks. Um, oh. She is going on world tour. I'm going to see her in Antwerp. I can't wait. Um, but she's basically, she's going on the world tour instead of doing the biopic that we talked about a couple of months ago where she was basically making all these young ones dance and sing for hours and hours and hours and hours to whittle yeah. them down. I want a documentary on that. I don't care about the biopic. Um, they'd landed on uh, Julie Garner, who's mm. uh, Ozark and is the head offer for that time period. It was supposed to be up until I think the Blonde Ambition tour um, but yeah like this has been it. this has been doing the rounds for years apparently it's gone through 14 different script changes and she, Madonna herself was like heavily involved she was on to direct there was an earlier version of the script that had been written by Diablo Cody but then they fell out so then she moved away from the project and then they had Aaron Cresta in Aaron Cresta Wilson I should say and then I think Amy Pascal was on to produce like there's this has changed hands like quite a lot mm. so in one sense I think it's probably better that they've put a stop to this because I think even we talked about it at the time how good is it going to be when she is so Involved, like, with it, involved with it involved with it you know what I mean but I think Julia Garner would have been so good as Madonna so I'm kind of raging that we've lost that but 
I'm sure she'll pick it up at some stage but I think it was definitely just a case of I can make so much money on this tour whereas the movie obviously would have still made a lot of money but is risky and because it has this reputation I think she was just like I can pick this back up whenever like mm. I want a tour now the that appetite's there for she. a tour yeah mm. what's that? Uh, now I must say I've never heard of Colleen Hoover okay I've, you're I've, the uh, oh, Linda okay. well, Linda's Colleen? also shaking her head yeah. I've heard of her but I haven't read the books she's like this mega like super she's the current highest selling novelist in the US she's uh, writing five of the top ten best selling books of any genre last year 20 million books sold wow um, so there's going to be an adaptation of her bestseller and the one that she's probably best known for it ends with us um, it's a romance novel Blake Lively and Justin Baldoni are going to be in it. They're playing the two lead characters. So Blake Lively kind of most recently has done more directing. She actually made her directorial debut last year with uh, Taylor, one of Taylor Swift's music videos, I Bet You Think About Me. Um, but also known for like Gossip Girl and she's done other kind of movies. Your man Justin Baldoni, he is ex-Jane the Virgin, but he's also directing, interestingly enough. Uh, Hoover is very involved herself. She's executive producing and everything else. But yeah, this would be, this was everywhere today. And it, um, they, this book is all over my Instagram because I think a sequel came out the end of last year, the start of this year. It starts with us. Uh, I haven't read it. It seems to be kind of very divisive. One of those books that like sells a lot of copies, but people either kind of love or loathe I think so and, and what's the gist of it or do you know uh, so it's basically as I said it's a love story it follows this small town girl Lily who Lively is going to play moves to Boston to start her own business uh, sparks immediately fly between her and neurosurgeon Ryle uh, but his complete <laughs> there's a sentence but his complete you say he's never a plumber or no. you know somebody with an ordinary job yeah. have to be a neurosurgeon we need more electricians and yes. less neurosurgeons yeah. in these uh, in these books uh, but his complete aversion to relationships is disturbing this <sighs> is from the book's own description this is yeah. my take on it uh, she kind of finds herself like drawn to him but there's a man from her past like her first love that ends up coming back and kind of threatens to derail everything that she's going on with her man Ryle so, yeah. Okay. Coming at some stage in the next few years, yeah. But Blake Lively <laughs> and Justin Baldoni. Right, so it's, it's no Fifty Shades of Grey then? No, I don't, sure. I don't think it's like saucy like that. I don't really, if anyone knows what, what is the appeal of the story, please tell us. But yeah, it's like, it's, it, I open my Instagram, it's everywhere. On everyone's stories, wherever they are. Like on the bus on holidays, they're reading it. So Right, hot neurosurgeons, that's probably enough, really. Yeah, fair, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. all you need, yeah. uh, really. And uh, Succession's back in March, is yes. it? March 26th season 4 and they're picking up the pieces uh, after well I don't know how much to spoil it but it's the same thing every season essentially they're falling out with the dad and they're trying to they're trying to make things better and rich people have problems oh woe is me very excited about this Um, some new additions to the cast as well but yeah March 26th and that'll be coming too now and Sky Atlantic okay that's something uh, uh, to look forward to Uh, somebody on Twitter says uh, that movie Shotgun Wedding is awful It should have been called Bride Hard, uh, which is actually a, probably an insult to Die Hard. Right, so which uh, one are we going to talk about first, then? Uh, the first one. So um, just basically, it's they're both from the same producer. Yeah. Uh, Tordal Call, um, Italian family uh, since the 1928, uh, the Veneto region around northern Italy. And they make wine from north to south all the way down to um, Sicily. So these are just two different styles, different type of wines uh, to show the versatility of Italy because we love Italy, don't we, everyone? Oh, no, absolutely. <laughs> no culture war <laughs> even here. If they're, no. even, if they're, yeah, even if they're huffing with us. <laughs> um, so basically, this one um, is from uh, a company, as I said. They are Pecorino. Yes, a cheese. Yeah. But also a native grape and Italy has hundreds of native grapes that, you know, you don't see in any other country and Pecorino, white, 
crisp, dry, fresh. Lovely fruit going on here. Have you tasted it yet? Yeah, yes. yeah it's really lovely. Nice. Yeah. Really um, so I just picked these because they're really, really versatile. A lot of Italian wines, you know, they're just really easy to drink. You don't need food. But this, for me, I could totally bring this to someone's house for a dinner party. I could totally just open it up any day of the week. And it's only like 16 quid. Okay, which that's I, okay. You know, I know, yeah. I think it's cracking value. Yeah. Mm. Um, but there's a lot more going on than your normal, you know, Pinot Grigio from Italy. So this, um, I can't even pronounce this, Terra de Cecce, Cecce? Okay. So it's around the Abruzzo region. So speaking of labels, this is an IGT. Okay, means that it's um, from typical from the area. Okay. Okay. Whereas yeah. the red that we have is actually DOC and it's more regulated and has more rules and regulations that it has to abide by in Italy. Oh. So, you know, labels and, do matter. Yeah. In Italy. But what's the difference there? In, so in, basically, they're allowed to kind of be a little bit more experimental so they could add different grape varieties that ah, aren't right, necessarily okay. permitted in the region. So Chianti, you have to use certain grapes, you have to do certain things in the Tuscany region. Here, uh, if it's an IGT, uh, you're allowed to kind of break the yeah, rules, have a little a bit blend. more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah. So it's stainless steel, nothing, no oak or anything. It's supposed to be fresh, easy drinking, not supposed to be aged or anything like that. Just enjoy, enjoy yeah. drink up and drink with your... Uh, Cono pizza. Uh, Cornetto. Could you eat pecorino with pecorino? Yes. Uh, or, or, or would Italians think that was extremely crass? You can do whatever you want, okay? Yeah. Well, so I don't pecorino. know. I wouldn't like going to Italy and getting bitten on the head for doing the wrong thing. <laughs> so just... They're all so touchy at the moment. Ah, uh, no. Uh, no we love the Italians, don't we? <laughs> uh, so it's just pecorino. Have you had pecorino? It's yeah. kind of like a, a parmesan, but it's absolutely not. It's a salty sheep's milk cheese and it's absolutely delicious. So I would often use pecorino and parmesan if I make in a carbonara or something like that's blasphemy probably <laughs> probably get like eight mail now okay but, you won't be let back into Italy <laughs> at all now anyway Movies and Booze I'm Moncrief on News Talk I didn't sleep last night at all I blocked that stolen tape out of my life in order to survive and now that it's all coming up again I feel sick I want to take control of the narrative for the first time I don't think people consider her the owner of her own image it's Pamela Anderson public property Right, that's uh, Pamela, a love story. So even from that clip, Esther, it's Pamela Anderson by Pamela Anderson. Oh, totally. And that's kind of what worried me in a way, because when you hear a celebrity saying they want to take control of their own narrative, what they really mean is they want to produce a real airbrushed and quite bland (laughs) documentary. So that was a bit of a concern for me. But I think what makes this work is she's all in here. She's talking about everything. There's nothing off the table. Um, And she's very, she is really, really good company. She just comes across as a really sound person. Um, She's funny. She's witty. Um, There's a wisdom about her now. She kind of is approaching middle age and looking back on everything that happened. And she is just like that thing you cannot bottle, which is likability. And that's really she's the star of this in that in that sense, and she is what will draw you will draw people into it. I think because you empathise with her. The other thing that works about works about it is um, during the Mad Tommy Lee years, like <laughs> we we know how it ended, but they mm. literally recorded everything, every part of their lives. They're walking around with two little camcorders all the time, so you get a wealth of documentary footage there that you might otherwise have from the 1990s. You know, it was just that they were doing that maybe 20 years before other celebrities. Um, She also kept a journal throughout her entire life. So you have 
a great account of how she felt when all these mad things were happening and it makes for a really strong narrative structure to it as well. Um, she'd, she'd kind of adamant at the start that she's not going to read the journals um, for, for for camera, but very quickly it becomes a first-person narrative, you know. Um, so that was, I don't know how they sold it to her, but it was really good that they did because she's kind of looking back in that time with benefit of now and kind of grieving it a little bit as well. Um, so it kind of all centres on... I suppose you find out how she was first spotted. Like, she's quite a shy person. She's a Canadian living on an island off Vancouver and kind of moves to... Uh, she spotted... OK, she moves to Vancouver and she spotted at a, an American football game on camera. And because she's so gorgeous looking, the whole audience starts cheering and stuff. Somebody sees that and decides to hire her for an ad campaign. And within no time at all, she's been offered a uh, photo shoot with Playboy magazine, which she thought, you know, back in the 90s, people said they found it very empowering to do Playboy. And that sounds kind of a bit daft now, maybe to people. Mm. But her reasons for this are quite honest and quite painful, actually. Um, and she did see it as claiming her sexuality back and kind of having a say in that because she had an awful, some terribly painful childhood experiences. Um, she was sexually abused by a female babysitter. Um, it's kind of wild, the story, actually. Like, she was trying to, she was trying to protect her brother and she, when she got a little older and she tried to stab the babysitter with a candy cane pen <laughs> and said, if you touch him, you're going to die. And here's the mad thing. The babysitter died in a car accident the following day. Okay, um, so that's kind of there's wild stories mm. like that in here, you know, and throughout her childhood, she felt like that she had some sort of superpower where she could will people to die because of that happening. Um, then, you know, there's no a terrible story again about, about being raped um, by a man in his 20s when she was just 12. Like she's just <sighs> she has had a hard life, you know. Um, and how she blamed herself and how she felt ashamed about her body. So when you know, this photo shoot came along and she felt it was a chance to celebrate it and kind of the stardom thing exploded then. I don't know if you remember what a big deal that photo shoot was at the time. Um, and as if things couldn't get any madder, she was down in Cancun in Mexico um, and Tommy Lee, who met her in a nightclub, uh, a few days earlier, is has become obsessed with her. It was back in the days when stalking used to be seen as romantic, Sean. <laughs> so he followed her. <laughs> he follows her down to Cancun on a shoot and they have a wild three days and end up getting married. Like a massive tabloid story all over the world. Mm, yeah. um, he's he's fun, like he's fun, but he's also really complicated and that's presented as well. Like she's you know some guys send you flowers you know but she used to get messages when he was courting her singing songs into her phone like my my baloney has a nickname it's l-a-r-g-e and stuff like that and that's how he kind of charmed her um they got married (laughs) it seems to be working for linda she thinks it's great (laughs) she's laughing her brains out here they got married three days later um with his friend's skull ring, of course, you know, after ah, the weekend yeah. of that, taking ecstasy. And it was just a mad, mad tabloid story. I remember it at the time. But to be honest with you, like, she absolutely loved him. And she's looking back on the videos um, and she's saying kind of how painful it is because she can now, hear she, her... We, sorry to interrupt, but was she in no, Baywatch at this point? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. OK. Yeah, Baywatch yeah. had happened too. Yeah. Like, she was the fam- most famous woman in the world, you yeah. know? Um, but she does, yeah, she, she she looks back in videos and she kind of has to catch her breath and go, my voice, I can hear how my, 
how happy I am by my voice in those videos of Tommy. And it's really painful to revisit. And she says this a bit of her kind of. So she broke up with him in the end because they had two small boys. All the craziness of the sex tape was happening. Um, like you do see paparazzi actually insulting them and goading them to mm-hmm. try and get a reaction, to try and get him to kick the camera or something just so they get better footage. Like it was mad stuff. Um, and of course, the tape was stolen from their house by, if you, if you saw Tom. That movie, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you, yeah. It, it was, pe- people were renovating uh, the house at the time. And it just arrived in the post and they, they were offered five million for it. And she was like, no way. And she doesn't regret it to this day, by the way, never taking a cent um, for that. And there's a legal case then as well, which is awful. Like she's dragged over the coals. So she tries to sue the company to stop them distributing it. Um, and they basically said, no, you she, her, these are her words, I think, like, no, you were in um, Playboy. You're a whore. We're going to make you sound like a whore. So that. You know, you well, don't was, have a case was that to a legal defence? Pretty much, yeah, yeah. They went through like what clothes she was wearing. They really picked her apart, like to the extent that her second son was just a baby, uh, and she had a miscarriage on her first uh, child, and she was just you know, going, you know what? They're going to keep bringing me in here. They're going to keep going with new depositions, and uh, this is not going to end well for me. And she just pulled back, and that led to the sense then that she was involved in, in the sex tape in some way and that they were involved in putting it out and they were making money on it, which kind of exists to this day. Mm. Um, so she kind of very firmly refutes that as well. It's a really interesting film, I think. And she's just, there's a gentleness about her. Um, I think that's what I really loved about her, actually. Like, so she's funny and witty, you know, like she talks about how hard, you know, she talks really earnestly about how hard it was to run in slow motion in Baywatch before kind of <laughs> erupting into laughter. You know, she's droll, like. Um, but there's there's no sense of anger or bitterness about her. There's kind of an acceptance of all the rotten things that happened to her in her life, you know. Mm. Um, and kind of like, this is me, this is it, you know, this is my story kind of thing. But not just kind of reclaiming it, the good and the bad of it. Um, and not trying to dress it up as anything other than it is. And I really liked it and her for that. Um, made by a documentary maker by the name of Ryan White. He's an experienced documentary maker. Look, it does ultimately feel like a bit of a package at times uh, because there's so many bits to cover off that it's very hard to kind of lift a documentary creatively when you kind of, here's the bit with sex tape, here's the bit with Baywatch, you know, there's all. So ultimately it is a little of that, but I liked it a lot, mainly because of her, you know, I just... And there's a lot of her story in there that you might have known about. I I didn't know about, it, and I'm old enough to remember a lot of unfolding. You know. Yeah. The uh, do you get the sense she's a happy person now? Um, there's a lack of fulfilment there somehow. Uh, she's living back. She you know she does practically say that actually it's not somehow. Um, she says there's something missing, and she she's almost kind of self evaluating all of that. I think through the course of the film. But she's back living with her parents. She's the kind of girl who moves back home, Sean, how famous she is to look after her elderly parents. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's... Uh, so you're kind of seeing her in, in her home environment as well. And that really feeds in. It's a small island. You know, Vancouver was over across the bay and it was big, exotic, scary place. So for her to then to go to Hollywood, I think it really kind of hammers home that narr- narr- narrative of the you know how her life changed when she became... When she did this photo shoot and became so famous... The fact that she's in that kind of calm and serene setting is kind of interesting. And her mother's gas as well, actually. Her mother's fun in it. Yeah. Where, where can people see this then? 
This is going to be on Netflix um, from Tuesday, the 31st. Yeah, so you'll be right. seeing a lot about this next week. Once people get eyes on it, I think it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of talk about it. Okay, that does sound very interesting indeed. Uh, yeah. Now, I, I don't know anyone who's seen Avatar 2. Yeah, like the figures are like everyone's seen Avatar 2. I know, I can't believe it either. It's like, I feel like I look at the news and it's like every day it's climbing up the charts, which brings us to this week's news that it's now the highest grossing movie ever, which means James Cameron now has three movies in the top five highest grossing movies ever. So Avatar 2 is obviously in at number five now. It overtook uh, Avengers Infinity War. And then Avatar 1 is still like the highest grossing movie ever. Uh, and then we have Titanic coming in, I think it's three. Uh, and then making up the top five as well. You have Avengers Endgame, Star Wars, The Force Awakens. Uh, it's just nuts. Like it's absolutely the sixth movie ever made that has crossed $2 billion globally. It's just, no, but the thing is they, they needed to earn $1.5 billion to break even. So it's oh. just like, it's not even, like it's, it's nuts to even think about the money and, and everything involved in this. But yeah, like this kind of seems to solidify for me that we are definitely getting the next three, 100%. Because there was talk that if it didn't make this amount of money, we were only going to get mm. three. But now it seems like we're going to get the full five movies. So yeah. I can't wait. Have you seen oh, <laughs> no, I, I have not. Have you seen it then? No, I just no. about survived the, the first one. Like it just was so long. Yeah, no, no, it was no, an no. arse number. There's no yeah. doubt about it. Sorry, I assume you've seen it. Yeah, but like, yeah, I, I feel the same. I felt the same about the first one. I just, they do nothing for me, you know. I just, I don't get them at all. Even, even visually, I, I yeah. Yeah. Don't, yeah. There you go. Not for me. That's a loss <laughs> for words, uh, really. Uh, and speaking of big money, Matt Hancock, the, the, the British politician, got 320 grand for going on I'm a Celebrity. And his whole thing of going on it was like, oh, I'm going to donate some of it to charity. And he was going on to raise awareness around dyslexia. Uh, he gave £10,000 to charity. So that's 3% <laughs> of his total fee. But get this, I didn't know this, right? So this all came out. It was listed on the British MP's Register of Financial Interests, right? And it, look, he said he's not running again for the Conservatives, whatever, because he was on this show. He was but fired. I didn't realise. Well, yeah, essentially. Uh, he was he was on a Celebrity SES Who Dares Wins later this year as well. And he was paid for that as well. He was paid £45,000 to do that, which is just like nuts. Like the mind boggles at the just pure Lee Rody of some people yeah. to just <laughs> sign up for these things and be like, this is fine. This is absolutely fine. And for the song and dance he made about, for anyone who didn't watch I'm a Celeb, obviously everyone was like, why are you doing this? And he was like, oh, you know, his reasoning became different every time he was asked, but it was about like the charity and the raising awareness and stuff. And it's just to have it there clear as day that he pocketed the rest of it. Not good. Not yeah, good. There you go. Movies and booze on Moncrief on News Talk. Uh, let's have a drink in the studio, anyway, uh, in commiseration for poor Michael. Uh, this is the, this is our Italian red. Yeah, our Italian red. So um, again, uh, the same producer tore the call, um, and this is a Montepulciano Anno di Abruzzo. So Italian wines can be quite confusing with their labelling. <laughs> and they're big oh. long words. How dare they? <laughs> so Montepulciano, in this instance, is the grape. And de is of the region Abruzzo. Okay. Okay, so sometimes it's Chianti and that's from uh, Tuscany. So, the, you know, and this one was Pecorino, you know, so they can be a bit confusing. Mm. So don't worry about it. It's all fine. Yeah. Uh, so Montepulciano is the grape and it's just a really easy, versatile style. I think, again, I'm saying dinner party wines for these. I would go pizza, pasta, anything at all, really easy to drink. 
Um, so these ones are both uh, from Boutique Wines um, online and you can get this particular one in lots of places all over the country, which is great. Um, Johnny Brook Fair, uh, Bradley's Off Licence in Cork, um, Morton's in Ranala, places in Port Leash and everything. So it's it's well distributed. Yeah. And, um, and, and what do you think? It's, it's Thursday night. It's, no, it's lovely. Absolutely lovely. How much is uh, uh, will this well, knock you back? Well, you see, this is a little cracking one as well. It's only yeah. 16 quid. Okay, great. Yeah. Both 16 like, I mean, there's quid. so much going on here. It's it's basically fermented in stainless steel tanks to give the freshness of the lovely grape variety itself. But then it's a, it's a reserve, meaning it's got some uh, level of oak ageing. And this is 12 months and it just softens out the tannin. So it's not really, really dry, but it's not a fruit bomb as well. There's a complexity to it. So I really like this. You've got your mixed cherries, berries and a little bit of spice to it too. Easy to drink. 13.5% so it's not, you yeah, know... Yeah, it won't, won't not, kill you either. Yeah, yeah. So moderation. That's, that's good to know. Yeah, uh, do, I see it like do you like that, that Sean? Yes. I did love that. Actually, hmm. that really is nice. The, I see there on the on the thing it says parts of the China Sea temperatures plunge as low as minus 53. That's on Sky News except they've spelled C-S-E-E. Uh, oh, parts of China Sea temperatures. I get it now. Sorry. <laughs> I thought it was the China Sea. <laughs> Well, that, that, that wine is stronger than it looks. Right, okay. Uh, now, it's, usually musicians sell their back catalogue because they have to pay for 19 divorces and that kind of stuff. So why why is Justin Bieber doing it? Honestly, not sure, because it's not like he's short of a few bob either. Um, he's after selling the rights to his songs up to 2021 for like... £162 million, pounds, $200 million if someone wants to do the euro conversion work away. Um, and obviously, like, the rationale is you get this massive lump sum, which, as you said, usually is to pay for divorces or, like, multiple children, whatever, blah, 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 or, like, legal issues. He doesn't have any of them at the minute, touch wood, not wishing it on your beeps. But, um, <laughs> as you said, artists are usually much older as well. You know, Bob Dylan has done it before, Fleetwood Mac, David Bowie kind of revolutionised how artists do it. But, like, Justin Bieber's only 28, so people have kind of looked at this decision as you know, kind of risky, like, as to why he's doing it, especially because he's so young and there's still mm. so much ahead of him. Like, I don't know if he... But he hasn't to... sold his future catalogue, though. No, he could do he it hasn't. again in another 10 and years. That's, yeah. And that's the thing. Like, he could come out and, like, basically replicate his career. I wouldn't be surprised if he did mm. uh, going forward. But, uh, I don't know, a bit of a strange one for sure, I suppose, because, like, if he were to fall out of public favour, then you're at risk of, like, the asset falling in value as well from a buyer's perspective. I just, I don't understand. Like, I think it's interesting as well when you have in recent years Years, like Taylor Swift like vehemently fighting to own the rights to her own music and stuff mm. and not no price was high and, or like she was open to conversation on it but she wanted to buy it and then was kind of sold out from under her and then she's re-recording all her old albums like it's a very kind of strange move in this climate I think Does, so. does that mean that anybody working with a music label can sing any of his songs then if they own the rights is that? I think well, so. Well, they pay the, they pay the they money pay the to buyer. this company now. Yeah, right. so uh, it's they a, own that. They get like all the licenses. Hip, 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 no, hip, no, no, yeah, well, actually, no, just, just for the listener, because I don't know how you pronounce it, because it's H I P G N O S I S. So you're tempted to say hip gnosis. But it, uh, oh, yeah, sorry, but it is like hypnosis, but it's it just, is hypnosis, been, like, just a hi, silent H-I-P, G. H I P, Oh my God, Linda, what's in this wine? What's in this wine? Yeah, oh, not like Naki, I'm being told, yeah. No, fun. In fact, though, about that name, Hypgenosis, I'm going to still calling it that. Uh, there's, uh, there was a company called Hypgenosis who used to design album covers. Ah. Uh, and, you know, the cover of Dark Side of the Moon, you know, the heartbeat symbol. They designed that. 
but it's not it's not the same people. it's not the same yeah because yeah, apparently yeah. They, they they would say they would not have a set rate they would just say to the band just pay us what you think it's worth no way they went out of business strangely <laughs> yeah god knows why uh right we'll move on to our uh, second movie of the day it is shotgun wedding here's a clip my name is carol elaine fowler and i deserve to live carol what are you doing i'm humanizing myself i saw it on good morning america if you humanize yourself to them they let you live i am a wife i am a mother and i was milford michigan's top realtor in 1998 and again in 2007 I dream of going to Ireland. I was a late bloomer and my teeth didn't come in till I was 14. Please pick me. There you go. There's uh, your woman from uh, the, the, the White Lotus playing the character she was in, in the White Lotus. So, uh, Shotgun Wedding, what's what's the premise, Esther? Oh, look, I love Jennifer Coolidge. Like, she's doing the same shtick for oh, years yeah. and years now. <laughs> or as a generation know her, um, Stifler's mom. Yes. She'll be remembered for that. Like, I actually had somebody call her that to me the other day, which was quite funny. Um, didn't know her real name. Um, but I never tire of it. She's just gas. I think she's brilliant. And I just think her award season uh, has, has, along with the Banshees lads have, have, her, her, her presence has livened up award season this year with her speeches and stuff she's great and she deserves to be in a better film than this and so does J-Lo uh, and Josh Duhamel you know, they have a really starry cast here um, it's set around the idea of this wedding party that they go to an island in the Philippines um, to get married and they bring this group of people but you quickly realise it's going to be a cliche you know it's kind of like the mother, the mother's domineering tick uh, to the bridesmaid and groom, uh, bridesmaid and best man have slept with each other tick. The ex-boyfriend shows up, he was engaged and maybe there's still issues there tick, you know, so it was kind of rapidly becoming quite cliched. Um, and you can't, you can't, you have to park some of the blame on JLo here because as I say, she's a producer, she's involved in getting it made. Um, so she's Darcy who's counting down the days to her wedding. It's a very nice exotic setting to um, Tom, who's played by Josh Duma. Uh, they're kind of arguing a lot. So you kind of think, are they even going to get married? But then you realise that's just like the, the plot of the film is so thin that they need to put a bit of conflict in early on to try and flesh it out. Um, so they, they're, they've got that kind of jittery, pre-wedding jitters going on and uh, she's getting cold feet and that's not helped by the fact that both of their families are very, very different uh, and all very opinionated and demanding. So they think they, that's kind of the core of their problems. And then it just takes this dramatic left turn, um, as I say, in a way I hoped might be interesting in genre bending um, when the whole party is taken, the whole wedding party is taken hostage because her father is a multimillionaire. He's worth about 60 million. And they've looked them up on the internet and basically taken... It's quite violent, this. Like, there's a bit of a body count, which, again, could have been interesting. Um, But they're they're taking um, the whole party hostage unless he gives over all his funds into a bank account run by them. Um, So J-Lo is, like, a good enough actress to pretend that she's in a better film than she is. And she's very committed and... uh, yeah, she kicks ass quite well in this as well. She's quite funny. She's got a physical comedy, which maybe we haven't seen her do much of before. 
Um, and Jennifer Coolidge delivers that eccentric style as reliably as ever. But it's just not enough to save the film, Sean. It was really, it felt like a, a movie at draft stage rather than a fully realised and fleshed out film. It's just a bit of a mess. Um, and the genre mash doesn't really work at all. It's, uh, yeah, it's just a caper, you know, but not an entertaining one. I'm sorry to say, yeah. I was quite bored. Yeah. Sorry about that. Uh, and that's the end of that. Uh, Sharon on Twitter wants to know, what was the white pecorino wine? It was white pecorino wine, I think. Tour, is, tour de Col tour is de the Col. name of the... Uh, of the pecorino is the grape. Uh, yeah. And uh, you, uh, people can now see, um, Fanula, they can now see The Last of Us, or at least the first edition, uh, uh, episode of it on YouTube for free, is it? Yes, it's on the ah. Sky TV YouTube channel. It should be there now. A uh, very significant move kind of shows that they, like... They want, obviously, as many eyes on this as possible. Uh, I haven't started it yet. I'm going to start at the weekend, but it seems to be getting very good reviews. Um, a beloved, obviously, video game adaptation, and it seems to be going pretty well, fingers crossed. So yeah, yeah. If you've been thinking about watching it, uh, it's there for you to stream on, the, on YouTube. So. And then you'd be kind of saying to yourself, why the hell did I bother paying a subscription to now or Sky well, like you see, get it for free that's the thing they're not going to put all the episodes on YouTube so it's to it's oh to lure it's just to lure you in it's to lure ah, you in right yeah. so unless a little prepare, yeah that's yeah. a snaky one there you go uh, right thanks a million lads uh, uh, Linda and Esther and Fanula that's our lot uh, for today Movies and Booze I'm Moncrief on News Talk.